0: Imagine it's a cold, rainy day, and you're walking across the horseshoe at the University of South Carolina. If you're an alumnus, it won't take much imagination to remember those brick-paved walkways that crisscross the entire length of the horseshoe. Like me, you might have tripped a time or two on one of the uneven bricks, but now imagine that instead of brick sidewalks, there are only dirt pathways, and in the pouring rain, the pathways are ankle-deep in mud. I'm Chris Horn, your host for Remembering the Days, and less than 90 years ago, none of the horseshoe sidewalks were paved. Today, we're looking at how those dirt paths became brick sidewalks. It's a story that goes back to 1931 and involves an English professor, a lot of industrious students, and what must have been some very patient brick masons. Back then, the horseshoe was the main thoroughfare on campus, and professors and students had, frankly, gotten tired of trudging the dirt paths that were dusty when the weather was dry and muddy when it was wet. Everyone wanted them paved. Problem was, it was 1931 and the Great Depression was on. The state legislature said no way when the university asked for help in paving the pathways. But a young English professor named Havila Babcock proposed a solution. Since the university couldn't afford to pay laborers to do the work, why not ask the students to do the work themselves as volunteer bricklayers? Students were given a simple but powerful incentive. If they showed up on the horseshoe to help build the new sidewalks, they would be excused from going to class. Student organizations started fundraising and arranged with Richland Shale, a Columbia-area brick company at the time, to supply 7,000 paving bricks. So the supplies were in place, and the free labor was in place. The only thing missing was skill, the know-how to actually lay brick pavers and mortar them in place.
1: Brick laying is something that takes a lot of time, a lot of patience, and it's very monotonous. It's the same thing over and over again. All your bricks have to be in a perfect line. All your bricks have to be at the same level.
0: That's Kevin Curtis, Assistant Landscape Manager for the university, who oversees lots of projects, including maintenance of all the brick sidewalks across campus. Well, to make up for the skill deficit, the brick company sent over a few experienced brick masons to train the student volunteers.
1: That seems like a monumental task to me. You would have to do it in sections. I can't imagine one person could handle more than ten students at a time working for them. I can't imagine you getting large groups of of students out here that were basically untrained to come through and do it right. Uh, Yeah, and get it right the first time or the second time or the third time.
0: Somehow though, they pulled it off. The president of the university at the time, Leonard Baker, ceremoniously laid the first brick on November 23rd, 1931, and the last bricks were laid by the end of the fall semester. To celebrate the achievement, students mortared the initials of some of the student organizations right into the sidewalks. You can still see them today. They also spelled out HB, Havilah Babcock's initials, in a section of sidewalk beside the Osborne Administration Building. By the way, we'll probably devote an entire episode at some point to Babcock, who became a legendary professor at the university. If you look on a section of sidewalk between Desassure and McKissick, you'll see the initials MEE embedded in the brick. They stand for Marion E. Evans, an African-American brickmason who won the admiration and affection of the student volunteers he helped to train in the art of bricklaying. Given today's labor laws and liability issues, I'm pretty sure there's no way South Carolina or any other university would ask its students now to engage in such a major construction project. Kevin Curtis says that's probably a good thing.
1: I would say there's a handful of, of students that would could pull it off, but we couldn't pull it off on that scale that they did back in the past.
0: I talked to a few students about the brick sidewalk project from 90 years ago and asked them whether, given the opportunity, they would volunteer for such an adventure. Here's what they said.
1: I think with the incentive to miss class, uh, to lay the brick might, you know, give students more motivation to, you know, volunteer and help out. Personally, me, I don't think I could lay brick. Uh, Seems like a lot of labor that I'm probably not cut out for. (laughs)
0: Yeah, i I back behind that. I would definitely, you know, something to get me out of class for a little while, enjoy the day, lay some brick, I would definitely do it. You know, I think if I was shown the way, I could definitely lay some bricks. It would make you strong. Stuff's heavy for sure.
1: I don't think I could, if I'm being completely honest, but if something like this were to actually happen and there was, like, a explanation, I think I could do it. I'm pretty adaptable. Well,
0: special thanks for background information in this episode. Go to University Archivist Elizabeth West, who includes a section about the Horseshoe Sidewalks in her book, On the Horseshoe, A Guide to the Historic Campus of the University of South Carolina. The book is published by USC Press, the sponsor of today's episode, and a publisher of books that illuminate the history and culture of South Carolina and the American South. Learn more at uscpress.com. This is the final episode of the fall 2020 season, remembering the days we'll be back next month with a new season of stories about the university's always interesting and sometimes quirky history. We'll have examples of both in the spring 2021 season. Remembering the Days is a production of Communications and Public Affairs at the University of South Carolina. I'm Chris Horn. Hope to see you in the new year.